Welcome to Lion Fury, secrets to strength and resilience in overcoming life's obstacles with guests, stories, and real-time adventures. I'm Danny Thomas. Thank you for all the downloads and positive feedback on the podcast so far. I'm so grateful for your support. Welcome if you're a first time listener. I was in Australia over Christmas where it was 42 degrees. I'm back in Hamburg now where it's zero hours of sun and gets dark at four o'clock. I'm currently arranging more real time adventures with guests out there in the treacherous world, but for the moment, I'm in the warmth of the studio. Before we start, I just want to talk briefly about a little thing called commitment. I believe there's a huge power in committing to our choices, especially when there is risk involved. Whether they are big or small, going all in takes courage. It's from this act of courage that the answers reveal themselves. It doesn't matter if things don't go the way you imagined. The main thing is there is no regret because at least you know you tried. I know the internet is full of wonderful quotes that are easier said than done, so here's another one. It's from the legendary Jim Carrey who heard it from his father. You can fail doing something you hate, so you might as well fail doing something you love. Today I'm joined by my friend Darish Fazay. Darish and I met doing physical labour work and I was immediately struck by his positivity. When I heard his story, I had to have him on the show. He is a highly qualified textile engineer who competed for Iran in judo. Darius shares the story of his one-month journey to Germany as an asylum seeker in search of a better life. It's a trek that took him across Europe, overseas and through jungles before reaching his destination and spending a year in a refugee camp. It culminates in a special twist of fate which reaffirmed the choices he made and the risks he took to be here. Darius is a mountain of a man, and I was clever enough to sit him on a 100-year-old wooden chair. So please embrace the creaking sounds of old timber if you can. your name correctly yeah that's good and you what you told me a while ago where your name comes from Darius is the name of the king uh, from Iran from Persia yeah because at the moment as far as we do have a Islamic Republic which is they are in the power in Iran most of the names coming from the other culture most of them uh, is a sort of Arabic name martial arts history yeah your judo is your technique yeah. and how many dan black belt at the moment i'm in the third dan i mean when i was children i started judo because my father was a judo coach and then he used to take me to the judo club and i 
Actually, I used to go to the judo club since I was three years old, three, four years old. I started as soon as, you know, as soon as I started to work, I was in the judo club. We had, we got, we had like five children at home. And it was really, really difficult for my mom to handle the five children, you know, together at home. So my dad used to take me and my brother to the judo club and she could have have a more time to have a rest. The most important challenge for me was the competition. I lost it. I lost to the guys from Italy when I was in England. How old were you? I think I was about 28. And I did have a competition with the guys from Italy in the British Open Championship. British Open 2004, which was the which was the entry for the Olympic in Athens. It was my bad luck, to be honest with you. The first competition in my weight, which was like 100 kilograms at the time, the first competition was with Michele Monti from Italy. The Italian champion. Yeah, yeah Italian champion. That was the best challenge I had with him. He was also uh, older than me. He was nearly 38, 39. When I was watching him in the warming area, he was doing like a practicing or something like that. And I've seen like a like the white hair here, and then I was thinking, yeah, I could have beat him easy. Was he a big guy? I was thinking he was not bigger than me, okay. but he was a strong. Yeah, he was good, but he does have a lot of experience. Yeah, he beat the guys from the Japan also. He was good. That's so were you? You were nervous. Not really. Not really. You Not thought really. you had it. Well, to be honest with you, at the time I was thinking about the guys from the Japan and the other two guys from France more than the guys from Italy. I'm never opening an account to someone from Italy. <laughs> but first competition, yeah, the Yushvijan and Michael Monti. I was going there, I was doing the competition, yeah, he beat me up. He beat me up easily and I finished at the end in the fifth place. I finished in the fifth place, but as far as I couldn't have a documentation or something like oh, that. Oh, really? Yeah, because at the time I need to have a travel document or something like that to travel. To go to Greece? Yeah. For the... I did apply, I did apply from the Judo um, Association in England, I mean, to get the results, but they told us... So fifth place would have been enough to go to Greece? Yeah. But yeah. because of the documents, yeah. it wasn't possible. No. Wow, that's... yeah. It is. When I did have that competition, I couldn't speak English. Because just... I was, I was, I was like a new person to start a new life in the other country. I couldn't speak English that much. I didn't know exactly where the competition is. Actually, when I finished, uh, when I finished the university, I start to work in the factory. I mean, there is no future to working in such a factory like this and become the money, like this amount of the money in Iran. What were they making in the factory? Uh, they are making the fabric. That's fabric. Especially for the curtain. Okay. Yeah. I guess I'm getting to how you ended up in Germany. Yeah. What was the decision to come here? Yeah. And how that journey took place? Actually, I do have a, um, the main the main reason. The main reason is I used to have a problem in Iran about my religion or something like that. You know what I mean? So you are not allowed to have a, another religion in Iran. Usually, 
culture or religion is completely different from Overture or something like that. After all these years I was living there, I couldn't get, I couldn't get on with the culture. I mean, with the lots of different things or something like that. And it does have a really, really, it does have a background. It does have a background which is going in 79. Whoever they were been so close to the king of Iran, they got hanged. They were gone. Yeah. I mean, they shoot them by the arms, simple. Simple as that, or they were in the prison for a long time and then they hanged them up or something like that. Too many different things. We've been so lucky to didn't lose my dad. But straight away after the revolution happens, the war happened also between Iran and Iraq for eight years. Which was a separate yeah. issue. Yeah. And then that. that yeah. And exactly at the time, they sent my dad to the first line of the war. Because Front line? Yeah, because they, they couldn't find it. They couldn't find, I mean, uh, they couldn't find a um, sensible, sensible reason to put them in the prison or hang them up or shoot him. But that was the best opportunity to make him die. As soon as they sent him, throw him up front to the first, to the first line. Wow! After he had already gone through this yeah. revolution. Yeah. And when he was, when, when he, when he was in the, when he was in the war, I mean. Special, special, uh, special soldier or something like that. They don't have a different name in Iran. They used to come like a weekly or monthly to our place, throw everything out, searching for something like that because they do believe after the revolution happened, maybe, maybe, maybe the Shah decided to back to Iran again and get the power. So it was never sure. So which means is they don't trust to whoever they belong to that. So there were even after even after that there yeah, was no, no calmness, yeah, no certainty. It was because the revolution happened in 1979 and the war happened about 1980. So but always they be scared. Mm. That's why they are coming to check the house to see what we have. Maybe they find some picture, maybe they find some letter, maybe they find something as a document or something like that. And then I didn't have a good feeling because at the time I was like three, four years old. Can you imagine? You are like three, four years old. You have another sister which is one year younger than two, and your brother which is three years, which means that my brother was like a six month, six month baby. And I was like three years old at home, like three children at home with single mom. Dad was in the war. All of a sudden, the door was broken, or they're coming without any confirmation, just to throw everything out and check everything or something like that. Just we are going to cuddle the mom and staying in the corner of the room till they leave the place. So this means it does have a background for me. I mean to hate about this religion and culture or something like that because we've got nothing to do. We've got nothing to do with them. Also, my dad, he was going to the war, which means that he was doing his duty. Okay, I accept it. Revolution happened, but he was an army before and also now. So he's doing his service. He's giving you a service as an army. So you have to respect. Exactly. Not like something like a disrespect. And when he's in that place of service, you don't expect people to be coming and smashing your door down. And yeah, exactly. 
so you are taking a risk. Your hand is in your hand in the front line, and your family they are not safe also. So the the religious issues that you have, which which make it difficult for you to yeah to, to return, have a normal life. There's the issues of the various wars and the revolution yeah. and the and the religious stuff. It, yeah. it all makes makes uh, makes sense. How, how did you arrive in Germany? Okay. Yeah. I heard uh, I heard the board is open. The board is open because of the war in Syria. Because of the war in Syria, the board is open from uh, Turkey. I was thinking, what can I do or something like that? That could be a good opportunity, you know, because... Like a gateway. Yeah, of course, because... On the other hand, if you want to get out of the country like Iran, you have to pay lots of money to get a visa. Or something like that, so... And I didn't have that much money. And it was not also sensible to pay that much money and to get the visa and then go in the refugees process. And I was thinking, so that could be the best way if I could have start a normal life, start a new life also in the other country. It does no matter which country. In the country, we say have a democracy. Democracy, easy. So when I was going to the, when I was going to back to Iran from from Turkey, I didn't go to Iran again. From Istanbul, I went to another city, which called Izmir, and then from there, we can find a smuggler easily. There's a lots of smugglers there in, in the Turkey, and they do the smuggling or something. And you pay the money, they send you somewhere in the board in the zero line, and, and then I spent like seven hundred dollar with the boat, with the plastic boat. 47 people sitting in the boat and then from Turkey to Greece. To the island in the Greece it's called Hughes. And the journey has started. Wow, I didn't realize you were actually in the in a in a boat. Yeah. 47 people in the 47 people. You pay the cash, you pay the money cash, then you want to get inside the boat. They are they are they are dismantling the montage the montage the boat front of you. Easy, it's normal like a toy. They montage it, they put it in the water, one round check the motor, and then 40, 47, as many as possible because it's lots of money. One person, five hundred, seven hundred, one thousand dollar. They pack it in, yeah. and then. So how, how long was the trip on the boat? 40 minutes. I was quite short. Yeah. yeah, 38 minutes, 40 minutes. But you don't know how many boats. They fell down <clears throat> with, with lots of passengers, with lots of children in the water. And they lost. Did you, see, did you see it or was it? I didn't see by my own eyes because in the, because in the days when I was having to, my traveling, I mean from Turkey to Greece, the weather was good. Mm. We didn't have a storm or something like that. So, and the interesting thing, the thing was, I was doing the boat because no one is coming with you because they are not taking a risk. No one is coming as a smuggler with you. They put the 40 or 45 or 47 passenger and then they are having a quick look. Okay, this face is look much more intelligent. 
he could have write it. Come here. If he deny, they do have a pistol. Come here. I'm telling you, you, come here. You can see. That place is Greece. Take the wheel. Go. Don't left and right. Straight away. Meet this speed. Go. So you steered it. You, yeah, you actually I did. steered it. Yeah. Because they're having a look or something. That was okay. So I mean, because they are having a look. And also I couldn't speak English with them or something like that, you know. They think I'm much more intelligent than that, the others of family. I'm also much more confident. I take the wheel. 38 minutes later. Arrived in Greece. Yeah, in Greece. I did have money in my pocket, my friend. I did have money in my pocket, but I've seen lots of different people sleeping in the streets. Wherever they find just to sleep, because they couldn't get inside from this island. Because you have to buy another ticket, which means it's from this island to Aten. On another another another, another trip. You have to get connect but, connections. Yeah, but we are coming with the small boats, plastic boats from Izmir in Turkey to Greece. But from Greece, which is an island, the name, the name of the island, but used to attend is like 11 hours with a big ship, massive big ship, and also safe. So we are spending like uh, we are spending like uh, 80 euro and get the tickets. And we've been waiting like uh, four days to, to get on the big journey, to get to on the get big boat, the, to get in the big and ship then, from Hughes uh, to Athen, Athen, and then from Athen we buy the ticket again with bus, with bus. Ah, with bus, okay. Yeah, with bus. Sometimes I mix the Deutsche, Deutsche language. Yeah, me too, the brain. Really, really difficult, yeah. Bus, bus, yeah. And then from, and then from uh, Athen uh, to, the of the, to the board of the Macedonia. Ah. It's called Evzoni. Macedonian board. Yeah, yeah, Evzoni. From Athen to Evzoni, 12 hours, 14 hours with bus. And then from Evzoni, we get inside the Macedonia. And then from Macedonia, we train. We still walking also. We pass the board by walking everywhere. We pass the board by walking because you are not allowed to pass the board with train, car, ship, or something like that. And then yeah, from Macedonia to uh, Serbia. After Serbia. Serbia, yeah. yeah. And then from Serbia, uh, five, six hours walking in the jungle, in the forest or something like that. So really? Yeah. Were, were you still in a group of people at this yeah, stage? Yeah, you have all the pictures or something. I used yeah. to send it to you. Yeah, okay. yeah it's been like a big, big, yeah, massive a big, group. Massive group. So yeah. some people from the big boat, everybody yeah. heading the same. Yeah. So we used to go together or something. I used to protect lots of people or something. I can imagine. There. Because, you know, I was, I was like a strong man. And it was like a fun for me because I used to have experience about this with too many people. That was the first time because they get out of their country I and mean, like the first time, especially the people from Syria, 
they do have a normal life in their land, but as soon as the war happened, they have to leave their country. So I understand it's it's many different people coming through this. Yeah, man, I cannot, I can't explain for you. I used to have one one man sitting by my neck. His woman was on my back because she couldn't actually walk. I used to I used to use my belt, my judo belt, because I have a judo uniform always with myself. That was the only thing I have. One one set of the clothes made the judo uniform. I used to have a judo belt and wrapped it up on my hip and wrapped it up someone else in behind. You're carrying like four. And just carrying like three people with myself. <laughs> That's why we call you the mountain, huh? So because I couldn't let them, I mean, mm. to be free like this or something. And you know, also, there's a little bit, there's a lot, uh, lots of different things will be happened also because we do have a people which they take the people, mm. smuggling the people. I mean, especially when you're walking in the forest, they take you, they take the kidney out, they do have like a, like a big, big mafia so or something. There's like danger that. all around. Of course. So from the Serbia to Croatia, We've been walking like four, five, six hours and we get another train to Croatia and then from Croatia to Slovenia, Slovenia and then from Slovenia to uh, Austria. Wow, and now you're getting near Germany. And then from Austria uh, to München. To Munich, to Munich. To Munich in Germany. So you could get across the Austrian border? Yeah. Yeah, the 28 days. That was what I was going to ask, was the total... So from the time you left uh, to Greece, to, to the Greek from island... Turkey. From Turkey to from the Greek Turkey. island to Munich, to it was Munich, a month. Yeah. yeah it like was a month, month of boats, small boats, walking, buses, normal boat, normal yeah. big boat. Yeah. 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 It's, it's amazing to... to also, not too, many, not too much food or something like that. Yeah, we used to have it from the Red Cross, too many camping or something like that. But they give you a normal thing, I mean, to eat, just to be alive. So how did you arrive in Munich? By foot? By to bus? Munich, uh, by bus. By bus? Yeah, by bus. Exactly from the city, it's called Graz. In Austria, we get inside the Germany with, uh, with bus. Munchen. But I last more than 12 kg of my body weight. Wow. Yeah. All these 28 days. Because I couldn't sleep that much. Because you cannot trust. Lots, I, lots of different things happen in this journey. I cannot imagine, you know. Some people lost their bag, their money, their children, you know what I mean? And then when you see them, as an example, you could have seen that one woman with five or six children. Without man, the man is staying in their country and having a having a war. It was very powerful for me to see these images on the news of refugees arriving yeah. in Munich, and, and the, the German people were handing out the. Yeah, definitely. I I come from a country in Australia where we have terrible refugee policies. Yeah. Really bad. Yeah. And my. You know, my family has campaigned against this and things, but to see these, for me to see these images of the Germans welcoming the refugees with bottles of water. Really, really welcome. That's what I was going to ask. Did you feel welcome? Since, yeah. 
since first day, since first day I arrived to Germany, it was so really, really welcoming. And also, when they win, when they win in the way, let me tell you something. It's really, I mean, it's a, this is my feeling. I mean, I have to explain for you. We are not expecting, I mean, like a red carpet in all the way when more than a million, million people they are coming as a refugee. But in all the way, in Serbia, in Croatia, in Slovenia, in the other country, they've been all welcoming. Sometimes they have been walking in the streets and the people, they are waiting for the refugee for, with the personal car. They open the backside of the car to give you uh, food, mm. to give you a drink, to give you clothes, shoes, everything. The people always been friendly and always welcoming in all the way. But to be honest with you, it's really, really difficult I mean, to control the too many people. I mean, when they are coming, at least you have to be a little bit strict. So, but as soon as we arrived to Germany, yeah. And then, and, and then you came to the camp in uh, yeah. in Hamburg. Yeah, yeah. That was the only camp. I was, uh, no, 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 no. Ah. Too many, too many different refugee camps was around of the Germany. Too many. Uh, to be honest with you, lots of people they decided to leave the Germany to go to Den Denmark, Sweden, and the other country. But the main country, the main country was Germany, because they heard in the news that Germany is saying welcome to all the refugees and 100% is we have to be so thankful to Angela Merkel and Bundeskanzler in Germany that was her own decision I mean to let all this amount of refugees to come to Germany and stay here so so they can I registered my name yeah I registered my name for the first time in uh, Hamburg and then I stay here in the camp, I mean in the temporary camp, in the temporary camp for like uh, one year. For one year? Yeah, man. Yeah, for one year. And we do, have a, we do have a people there in the temporary camp more than two years. Really? At the moment, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't realize the camps was, were for such long periods of time. No, 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 no. They are in the temporary camp like two years and also more than two years. And it's a really, really hard life, I mean, to stay there. You cannot imagine what kind of situation they have. Let me tell you something. I mean, they cannot cook for themselves. Whatever they give them as a food, they have to eat. So, lots and lots of different problems, but it's better than dying in your country. At least they are living here. I told you from the beginning, we are not, we are not expecting to like a red carpet and you know normal life in the first I mean, one or two years. But step by step, the situation is getting better and better and better. So as an example, for me, after one year, I got transferred because as soon as I received the results, some positive results, which means this gave me a three years indefinite visa to stay here to be in the process and they accept me as an asylum seeker or refugee here to transfer me from the temporary camp to the normal camp 
which means that I could have cooked for myself and no have okay. a normal life or something like that, like a normal people. And let me tell you something. Compared to the situation, to compare to the situation I've seen on the way, the camp is like a paradise. Can you imagine? The people they are in Germany. They are in the temporary camp, but they know they are in Germany. But can you imagine how many people they are in Serbia, they are in Croatia, or they are in Turkey, Turkey, and they are waiting for one day and there's no, to no get camp. the board open to come here. They have to feed themselves, but they own guilt. But how much money they have, no one knows. But here, at least. They do have a breakfast, lunch and dinner in the right time and they got something to eat and they got someone to protect them did, as a security in the did camp. Did you have to sign in and out of the camp? Were you allowed yeah, to leave? Yeah, definitely. You were allowed to leave, yeah. you just had to, no, no, to... No, no. To be honest with you, they do have a different policy about controlling the different camp in different uh, also states because here is like a... We do have a, we do have a state by a state in Germany. So, but in Hamburg, in the temporary camp, when you get outside, you have to definitely back after like 72 hours. If, if you leave the camp, if you go somewhere, you have to confirm with the head security and you have to let them know I'm not, I mean, as an example here for the weekend, because I'm going to see someone, which means that everything must be under control. And this is also good for the security. So which means this, that was a good life and a safe life. I know it's a hard life, but it's safe. And safety is... Yeah, man. Can you imagine? I'm in my country. Yeah, I've got everything to eat. Okay. I've got a normal life. Okay. But I, I didn't have a freedom. But here, I can easily go to the church. I could have pray. Hi, guys. I'm just going to interrupt for a moment before we continue, just to clarify the situation. So... Uh, when I did the interview, Darius had his girlfriend Bahara in the room. Obviously, um, she allowed Darius to do all the talking due to her level of English, but it was wonderful to have her in the room. So Darius is about to tell the story of how they met, and I'll, I'll let him tell that story. But just to clarify a little bit more, Darius and Bahara knew each other in their youth uh, in Iran. So... When Darius settled, um, when, well, when he was still in the refugee camp, uh, he went to a church service and by coincidence, she was there. Okay, I'll let Darius continue. Thanks, guys. My full name is Bahare. And yeah, Bahare is coming from the Bahar, which is the first uh, season. This is the first uh, season, this is a season called Spring, which is the first season in the year in Iran. Ah, it's a beautiful name. Bahar. I used to see the Bahar, I mean, a long time ago. A long, long time ago in Iran. In Iran? Yeah. And she was a friend of my sister. She used to come to our place. All this, I mean, all this time when I wasn't in Iran, I was in England and the other country or something like that. Yeah, she does have a normal life. She find a man and she was married or something like that to someone else. And she does have two children. This is now it's like my children. We are living together. So, and I met her exactly when I was in the church. 
felt like a miracle. I was going to the church in Sunday. And then when I was praying or something like that, accidentally, I mean later, accidentally, I was watching and then I chose here, I know this face, from where? It's like, it's like a miracle or something like that. Yeah, this face is really, really familiar. And say after we finished the frame, it's just, hello, how are you? Do you remember me? You ever remember each other or something like that? What are you doing here? Yeah, I'm living in Greece, I'm living in Germany. Yeah, for how long? Yeah, for like two or three years. What are you doing? Everything good? Yeah, everything good or something like that. What are you doing here? I heard you were somewhere else or something. What are you doing here? Yeah, I'm like a musician at the moment in Germany. So, and I'm here to see the friends, but today was Sunday and I'm in the church. So, it was like shocking. This is amazing. Yeah, it was like amazing. shocking or something like that. Really, and really amazing. Yeah, really, really. This is, this is the life, how life works sometimes, yeah. huh? I cannot believe it. It was like a miracle. The other process when I feel, I mean, when I feel in the love or something like that, I start to do too many different things. I forgot completely, I mean, my problem. I forgot completely my process or something like that. And I did concentrate how we can move her from the place she used to leave to Hamburg to get much more closer to the place which I live. So after a while and after too many different, I mean, things, we get successful, I mean, to move her from that area to, to the Pinneberg, which is close to Hamburg. The the board, Pinneberg and Hamburg, Schleswig Holstein. Yeah, and then she came around. She does have, I mean, really, really difficult time. She was suffering, I mean, she was suffering to find a place or something like that somewhere to leave because she must have stayed in the some, uh, some special place which only the women they are living there, like a woman camp, special camp for the woman. She was there exactly for like uh, eight, nine months. So how, how long had you been in? Till now, four, four years. Four years. Four years already. Like four years. Yeah. Like four years. As a man, and then you found a way to get yeah, up. Yeah. That's a beautiful story. It really. To be honest with you, yeah, we help each other a lot. Yeah, we do have a relationship together. It's a good relationship as well. We are happy. Yeah, I do have a good feeling about. I, I do have a family here. You know what I mean? I do have a family. Here. Absolutely. And uh, I do have family and two lovely children also. They do have a good relationship also with me. Except it's having someone to come in their life. It was worth difficult. It was worth the one month buses walking through five different countries yeah. to 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 find yeah. that. So that's absolutely right. Uh, do you have any advice? For somebody who might be facing hardship or struggle at the moment. Yeah. Bad or good, life is going. You know what I mean? I mean, it does not matter what kind of situation you have. Life is going too quick. And just you have to use it. You have to use, I mean, you have to use the opportunity and you have to enjoy 
does not matter in the bad situation or good situation. For me personally, when I help to the others, I enjoy. All these 28 days when I was on the way, I was not thinking about myself. Hopefully, definitely, someone protects me. Someone, everyone believes, and it is God. But you know, sometimes the God sends someone else to help the others. Sometimes I was thinking, maybe you are that guys, the God pick you up as a someone to put in this way, to at least help him to the others. And when I was thinking in that way, I didn't feel, I didn't feel any bad thing. I didn't suffer that much. Just because I was only thinking to help the other people in all this way. So, for me personally, personally, it's just to help the other people. When you're carrying the guys on your back and you're steering the boat, yeah. this takes the focus off, off. And then when you arrive and you meet. So that could be like a gift for you. Why not? It's like a deal. I don't believe I'm something like a deal between you and someone like God or something, but it's a good, but it's a deal. When you got a good, when you got a good thing, the good thing comes. When you think positive, positive comes to you. All the universe is like this. Help the others. God sending someone to help you to have a normal life. About yeah. it's our stories, everybody's stories to help inspire yeah. other people. And, it, and for me personally, it does not matter even when you suffer, even when you suffer, but you help the others. And would you say, to, just to finish off, would you say mm-hmm. you follow your, your, your gut, your heart or your head the most? In my personal life, I follow my heart. But sensible people, they follow their brain. But I follow my heart. Till now, I did follow my heart and I will carry on. Because I enjoy it. Keep doing it, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I have to keep going. Keep doing it. Well, it's, it's been amazing to hear, hear, hear the story. And um, as, as your friend, and I, I would just like to say that I personally think that Germany is very lucky to have you have you here. And we are also lucky to be in Germany and I hope Germany also German government to use the people when they do have ability here. I mean to use them and to build this country better better exactly. better, better than it is. Exactly. Because we do have too many people they do have a lots of ability and they could have helped this country. Is there anything else you want to say? Um, especially I have to say thank you to German government. This has given us the chance to have a new life with all the support. And just an advice for the other people, which they are on the way, which they are thinking, I mean, to how they can pass to many different country to get to arrive to the safe country. All the problems will be finished. The good days is coming. Just they have to be strong and not be hopeless. Tomorrow is another day. Maybe tomorrow is their day 
to get inside. So never forget to be strong and just thinking positive. And just keep going. Yeah, they must. Does not matter. For someone one day, for someone one month, for someone one year, or maybe more. But the good days is coming. Everything is gonna be alright. One day. Thank you, man. Thank you for sharing my, your time and your pleasure. story. I really, um, I'm very, 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 very I, grateful. Uh, I'm also sometimes when I cannot explain. I mean, because of the language or something it's like that. Perfectly. I used to speak English better than now, but after I mean, like two years, when I mix the English language with German language. There's a universal language, <laughs> and it's not Deutsch. It's not. It's not English. It's just an unspoken. Yeah, I do agree. Yeah. This I understand your feeling and hope the other people when they're listening to this I mean report and conversation feeling exactly our feeling. I hope so too. That's okay. My, nice one. Yeah, my pleasure. I hope you enjoyed Darish's story. There is no doubt his heart is as big as he is. Even in a time of struggle, he found purpose and fulfillment in helping those around him. It in turn helped get him through. I agree with his belief that you can find happiness even in the toughest of circumstances. I'll finish on this. When we moved apartment, Darish spent a day in the rain helping move all our furniture. He wanted nothing in return. It simply came from a place of goodwill and compassion. So guys, that's a wrap. Join me next week for my chat with actress and filmmaker Marla Gadia. I headed down to Berlin to chat to her about her short film No Monsters in Berlin, which has been receiving worldwide acclaim. Please subscribe to Lion Fury on iTunes, Podbean or Stitcher and give us a rating. The podcast is also available on my website at dannythomas.info. Also hit me up on Instagram or Twitter. Listener questions can be sent to lionfurypodcast at gmail.com. Thanks, guys. Till next time, enjoy the ride. <laughs>